You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Up to the turn, Flaming Rose Star, Candy Maker. Now the crowd are cheering for Soki Elva. They're up as one. They're cheering the champ on. He moves up on the outside of Candy Maker and Flaming Rose Star. Robert Convoy to the outside. Soki Elva looking for history. He's hit the lead. He's raced away. And he's won his third Mildura Pacing Cup. Soki Elva, big win. That would have been a highlight for Craig Rahl without any doubt whatsoever. That flashy chestnut, Sokiola, incredible record for Lance Justice. I think he had, he's an ex-Kiwi, by the way. I don't think they paid a lot of money for him, man. He had a head full of starts. I think 50 grand they paid for him. And he ended up with 78 race wins under his belt for 161 starts, 42 placings. And he had incredible gate speed, Craig Rahl. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Steve. Good morning, all. Uh, that's brought back a, a lot of memories, uh, the Sokiola victory. That was my first Mildura Cup. Uh, I only started work at uh, HRV in March. Uh, the Mildura Cup was in April. I'd been working uh, for HRV for about five weeks. Uh, I'll pop the, pop the Mildura Cup, and uh, Sokiola, as I mentioned in the call, was looking for his third Mildura Cup, a, um, a history-making first uh, horse ever to, to win three Mildura Cups. The crowd was just massive that night, Steve. There was standing room only, and everyone was there to see Sokiol. And, of course, with Mildura Cup Week, uh, you have the heats on the Tuesday, and then you have the Trotters Cup on the Thursday and the the Pacing Cup on the Saturday. So you're there all week. You you spend the week at Mildura. Even if you jumped into a taxi, the taxi driver said to me, are you going to the trots on Saturday night to see (laughs) Sokiol? That's how big it was. In the town of Mildura, it was huge. Uh, And I've turned up, and there's just a massive crowd, and everybody wanted Sokiola to win. The crowd just erupted on the home bend. And, of course, he was in the twilight of his career, and he wasn't at his best you know, at, that, at that stage. But, uh, you know, he lifted under pressure, and he, he won the cup. It was an incredible feeling. It's a feeling I'll never feel again. Uh, and uh, as a broadcaster... Um, I don't think I was ready for that race, to tell you the truth. Why not, um, Craig? Well, yeah, when I was calling in Queensland, you're calling at Redcliffe and Albion Park, and you know, on the midweeks, or like I wasn't prepared for such a, a big deal, <laughs> and it was. It was a, a, a huge deal at the time, uh, and um, you know, I always thought to myself, uh, I wish that race was like two or three years down the track where I was a bit more experienced at that sort of level um, to, to handle it better. Um, so how but, would you um, handle it better? To us, it sounded very good and very exciting, and you never really missed a beat. <laughs> Uh, it was just that the, the feeling I had at the time. And, and to tell you the truth, listening to it back then, I, I, I thought, geez, I'm, I was calling a lot better back then than I am now. Um, so, um, yeah, no, no you, you brought up a, a great feeling for me there, Steve. Yeah, that, that's that great. A, you called 14 Mildura Cups, didn't you? I, I called a lot here. Um, Mildura was my track. Um, I used to go there every meeting. Uh, and um, I was closer to the airport than anybody else. Of course, Mildura is either a six-hour drive or uh, a plane flight, and uh, I used to fly up with the stewards, and uh, when we uh, flew up, um, you know, we stayed overnight after the meeting and, and flew back the next morning, uh, which, you know, was a great learning curve for me. Um, 
to, to be with the stewards and to talk to the stewards. And, of course, after a meeting finishes, you you, you, know, you go home, you back to the hotel room and you, know, you, you have a drink and you, you you talk about the meeting. And I learnt so much off the stewards, and I, I hope the stewards learnt so much off me, and we could bounce off each other ideas. Uh, and uh, I think it improved me as a caller no end, but helping you know, with uh, people of authority, uh, telling you their views of what happened on the meeting. Yeah, well, they're getting all the angles too, aren't they, Craig? They are, yeah. Um, so what are some uh, of the right. things they and, told and you at the time? It, 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 it's a great learning curve in the fact that, um, you know, people have their opinions of stewards and, you know, what they do and what they don't do. And But I didn't realise how much went into it and what actually, you know, came into it, you know, uh, you know, burden of proof and proving something actually happened, that they believed something happened, that they, they haven't got the proof to, to, to move on to it, etc. Like that, you don't even think about at the time. Uh, but even horses like, you know, I'd say oh, such and such didn't come out of the gate tonight. I thought he'd lead and, and the steward said, well, it looked like it was the intention, but uh, if you just watch, he just bobbled like five metres before the start, uh, and that's why the driver changed, you know, changed his mind. Uh, and you think, well, I didn't see that at the time, but obviously the stewards have a different angle, and the driver's got you know, his, his opinion, and you don't think about that until you know after the fact, or until someone actually tells you that that that, that transpired. Mm. Craig, Mildred, I often talk about it because when I first started uh, in radio all those years ago, Brian Bennett was the main caller at Mildura and I used to listen down the line and I joke about the car horn. You know, that was the all clear. Someone had put, pressed the car horn and I, that's when I'd say it was all clear at Mildura to whoever was broadcasting at the time. So how did the opportunity present for you? Who was calling Mildura before you entered the fold there and called 14 cups in a row, 14 seasons uh -huh. there at Mildura? Yeah, Mil Mildura has had a lot of callers over the years. Um, Ron Paps was uh, there calling for uh, quite some time. And uh, as you mentioned, Brian Bennett, uh, Tony Wirtz was there. Uh, Brian Blackmore called there. Um, so there was been some great callers over the, the period. And Adam Crittenden was uh, calling at the time. Uh, HRV, um, Adam moved on to, of course, uh, the Gallops. And, and HRV were looking for uh, a, a harness racing caller uh, to call uh, uh, alongside Dan and Lachlan, and uh, I got a phone call one day, and um, yeah, they, they just said they, they liked the way I called. Um, can you come down for an interview? Which I did. Uh, it was a very interesting interview because uh, uh, the, Moody Valley was going at the time, of course, not Melton. Uh, and uh, I, I did the interview, and they said, I come across to the road to Moody Valley. There's a day meeting on, and they set me up in a broadcast box next to Dan with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and they videoed me calling a race uh, yeah, in a spare broadcast box uh, to see whether uh, they thought I was good enough or not. And uh, Parites won the race. I remember that for Noel uh, Alexander and Jane Davies. And, uh, of course, I'm calling away and uh, Parites went up the sprint lane. And I can't remember who the horse was on the outside, but I got the photo wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I jumped on the plate after the interview and after the, 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 uh, the mock broadcast that I did. And I thought um, in the plane on the way home, I, I think I've uh, damaged my cause. I don't know when I'll get the job now. Um, but uh, a month later, they ring me up and uh, I got the job. So oh, they understand. I, I You're only lucky. human, Craig, you know. Oh yes, uh, yeah, but uh, they actually told me you know, years down the track that um, 
they, I, I, they gave me the job and the fact that I was willing to have a go, uh, like even knowing that my job might depend on it, I was yeah, I showed the bravery and the courage to have a go. Uh, so I, I thought, oh well, yeah, I, I got it wrong. I thought I was I was the one that uh, that may have uh, may have deteriorated my chances, but uh, in the end, it, uh, the, the fact that I did have a go, um, yeah, made my case stronger. Were you in Queensland at the time? when they flew you down for that interview? Yes, yeah, I was still working at 48. You were here, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and, and to tell you the truth, Steve, without the phone call, I wasn't looking for another job. I was perfectly happy there at the radio station. You know, well, I was doing you know, what I wanted to do all my life. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, I was on the radio, I was calling races and coordinating in the studio and I had the, the uh, Saturday night program and you know, Kelvin Sharman and uh, Paul Jackson and, and Kelly right. joined me uh, after after each uh, uh, Albion Park meeting and uh, we had a great time. We, we, we loved talking about the races. So I, I was perfectly happy. Uh, and then uh, just got the phone call out of the blue, and I thought I've always wanted to call races in Victoria. I've, you know, I love Mooney Valley. Uh, Mooney Valley. Oh, I wanted to call a race at Mooney Valley, and I, thankfully I, I was able to do that before uh, Mooney Valley moved to to, to Melton. And um, yeah, I just thought I'd just chance my arm and see what happens. Uh, and once uh, they they told me that uh, I, I got the job, I was excited about it. And to tell you the truth, Steve, it was the best move I ever made. Um, yeah. you know, I, I was really happy at Harness Racing Victoria, uh, calling meetings here, there, and everywhere. I saw virtually the entire Victoria, uh, like yeah, just driving around to well, from one race meeting to the other. Uh, so it, it was great to see parts of Australia that I'd never would have seen otherwise. Um, and uh, you know, I gave it my best shot, and and um, you know, and called us the best I, I possibly could, and you know, and I really enjoyed my, my time uh, there. You know, sort of uh, got a, uh, you know, we had a property at the time with horses on the property, and my mum and dad moved down, we were close by, and you know, everything was really good. Yeah, and you talk about Mini Valley and some of the callers there, you know, that you listen to, like some of the old replays, like Bill Collins when we pay tribute to Vinnie Knight recently. Some of his calls at Mini Valley were just amazing. And Brian Markovic, who'll ever forget Bag Limit and all those good horses that raced during the 80s, 90s that he called Brian Markovic. And, of course, you mentioned Dan Malecki for many, many years, a gun. Um, and, of course, Brian Martin called there for years as well. So there's been some pretty special people in that, that box that you call from, Craig. And I was fully aware of that, Steve. Uh, I was fully aware of that. Uh, and, you know, sort of uh, you grow up with those people. And, and like Brian Markovic, when uh, I was uh, a teenager learning to call races, was my idol. You know, oh, he's I, brilliant. You know, he, he was calling Booty Valley. And, uh, I thought, just thought he was outstanding. And um, to, to be up in that box was uh, very intimidating, to tell you the truth. And, you know, I'm sort of sat there thinking the first time I was at Mooney Valley, I'm in a box where you know, legends have called from. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not up to their class. What, what am I doing here? You know, so uh, it, it was sort of intimidating for me. Um, but uh, you know, as I said, I gave it my best shot, and uh, I, I do remember one race where Lombo Pocket Watch was still undefeated, and uh, he was there, and Dollar four favourite and um, you know, to, to call a champion uh, at such an iconic venue was just a privilege. Yeah, so besides Lombo and also we, we talked about Sokiola, all those Mildura Cups, is there some of the other horses that you called during that era when you were in Victoria, Craig, calling in Melbourne? Uh, 
one of one of the horses that I really love calling uh, was Cosmic Legacy. Now he wasn't the champion. He was a he was a, a Mildura local horse that became a, a horse that you know won into the free for all class and he actually competed in the Inter Dominion um, series. He didn't make the final. But I started calling him after he had one win and he was a class one. Uh, and uh, you, you, know, you go to Mildura and you, you see this horse. Uh, and and he, he had a bit of charisma about him. He was huge. He was a massive horse. Uh, and he just won through the grades really fast and just kept on winning and kept on winning. Uh, you know, broke the track record at Mildura one night and, and, you know, everything took him on, but he was still able to win. He was just tough. Uh, so... Every time he'd go to Mildura, you'd be looking at the form. Where, oh, geez, I hope Cosmic Legacy's there. Um, and you know, when he was there, you, you sort of lifted for the occasion. Uh, so he's one horse that I, you know, I really lifted for. Uh, and in the end, you know, the people of Mildura embraced him because he he was such a good horse. And he did go around in the Mildura Cup. He won a heat. He went around in the final. Uh, and there, there were even people there with you know, banners, Go Cosmic Legacy, uh, you know, because they, they embraced the horse as well. Uh, so he, he's one that I will always remember. Um, I, I remember my first Group 1 call at Mooney Valley. There's uh, a, a Victoria Trotters Oaks. And dead set, Steve, you couldn't see them. <laughs> the fog was that thick. <laughs> uh, I went to the track and uh, you, you get excited. And uh, you, you, I, I sort of stood up there uh, in the first race and I thought, I can't see a thing. <laughs> so what do you do in that situation? Uh, in the end, Could uh, you get the race, colours in at all, see, Craig? Obviously, I, you I know a lot of them. see 150 metres in the front straight. Uh, and then in the back straight, um, used the camera uh, from Pro Video at the time uh, for 150 metres in the back straight. That's all you could see. So when they jump, I'd memorise where they were, uh, and then I'd be calling the race just as if they stayed in the same position until I could see them again in the back straight. And then if something made a move, I, I, I could photograph where, you know, with my memory where I, I thought they'd be going. And everything seemed to be going quite well. I, I, I sort of was quite happy with it. And the, the chief executive at the time uh, of Harness Racing Victoria, John Anderson, came up the stairs. And I said, how are you going, John? He said... I've come up the stairs to see how much you can see because we can't see anything. And you, you're calling the as if you can see. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, I thought you must have been able to see more up here. And I said, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, and everything was going well until about race three or four. And I said, um, Karen Manning went back to the split lane. Uh, and, of course, she didn't. She came to the outside instead of the inside. <laughs> That's sort of found me out a bit that I'm sort of guessing a little bit of guesswork but yeah that that, that was interesting um but so yeah so many good horses uh, over the years that you 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 sort of cotton on to uh Mill Park Major was one with uh, Amy Tubbs uh, you know sort of uh, she was good I, I remember calling uh uh, Mumbai, uh, the New Zealand trotter at Ballarat, he gave me a thrill. Uh, Sussie Sussie was uh, a horse that won through the grades quickly and by G had an army of supporters when he was uh, going through and uh, the Ballarat Cup, uh, he was looking to make it 13 or 14 in a row and he was beaten by Highview Tommy at the time. And, um, so so there, there's a lot of horses that uh, you know sort of uh, go through your mind but um, I, I try not to have my favourites, to tell you the truth, and and that's you know why uh, 
I don't bet. I haven't had a, a bet for seven or eight years now, or, that, um, or maybe even longer, uh, in the fact that uh, I, I think as a broadcaster, you're totally unbiased. You've got to be unbiased. Um, you know, every horse has got the same chance. Every horse is the same. Every connection is paying for those horses. So yeah, you, you sort of try and um, you know try not to have your favourites, and um, you try to make every horse seem like they're, they're, they're exactly the same, and, and call them like that. Like that. You talk about Mildura. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We just talked about... I'm trying to think of the horse's name, Greg. I'm just going through the results here, trying to find the horse, but you'd know it. The horse at Mildura in recent months that's been retired, I think only recently, but he won a heap of races at that track. He was an eight, yeah, he wasn't yeah, a, Bernie Winkle. Bernie yeah. Winkle. There's a classic example, isn't there, of a horse that just yeah, loved yeah. Mildura. Just, as I said, he's not he's not up there in the top ten horses in the country or anything, but he's just a, a Mildura star, and people loved him and gravitated to see him at that track. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, horses for courses, and yeah. uh, he he just had a a brilliant finishing burst. Uh, he only recently retired, as you mentioned, uh, but for two or three hundred metres, he he was lightning fast. So at Mildura, uh, where you know a lot of times at Mildura they they do go pretty hard at early for horses that may not be up to metropolitan standard, uh, and uh, you know he just follows speed beautifully and hooked to the outside and. Uh, away he went so uh, he, he was uh, such a, a lovely uh, sit sprint horse uh, actually he, he was owned by uh, uh, a lady over here Kath Williamson before he was sold to Australia and uh, Kath uh, taught my son at, <laughs> at primary school uh, over here at the Macaroon School uh, and uh, she said to me one day uh, did you call Bernie Winkle? <laughs> <laughs> well he had, yes, he had 300 starts <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so I said, yes, I did call Bernie Winkle. I called it. She said, I thought that was your voice, and, yeah, sort of at Moody Valley. I said, yeah, 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 that was me, or Belton at the time. Yeah, I said, yeah, that was me. Um, so, um, yeah, so that, yeah, that, that was very interesting. It, it is a small world. Yeah, 307 starts. is just a recent time, but rock and roll heaven at age of 14. So 307 starts, 65 wins and 46 seconds, 37 thirds. That's Bernie Winkle. So just tell us what the oh, – it was due to family reasons, wasn't it, yeah, of course, to be with your, your family there. You moved from Victoria to New Zealand about 2019, Craig? Yes. Uh, so I've been uh, in New Zealand four or five years now. Um, yeah, un- unfortunately, things uh, you know didn't work out uh, – uh, as I would have hoped, with um, you know my, my partner and uh, Marie came back to New Zealand, where she you know she she is a New Zealander and she brought Ben over. And for, for the time, I, I tried to um, you know fly in and out of uh, New Zealand, and uh, you know harness racing Victoria was really good. And the fact that you know I said I don't care if I work 15, 20 days in a row, if you can give me five days off or something, I can fly to New Zealand, spend a few days with my son each month, once a month and, and come back uh, and HRV agreed and they, they, they were really good with that but in the end uh, it was taking a, a lot of uh, a toll on me um, you're sort of you know, flying in and out all the time and you, you know, sort of uh, Invercargill's not a place that has an international airport so you sort of fly either to uh, Christchurch or Queenstown and jump in a car and drive down to Invercargill or, you know, or bunny hop with the flights so it wasn't easy um, and I wasn't feeling like I was Ben's father. I was feeling like he'd come in, he'd have a great day for you know three days or so, you'd have a great time. But I was feeling like I was more his mate than his father. 
uh, and I, you know, I really want to be a father to Ben. So uh, in the end, I said to HRV, uh, if if I can continue working uh, with um, you know, the form comments and you know, everything in New Zealand, which I still do now, do the trial reports and the form comments, and I do a bit of work for the integrity department, etc. Uh, you know, I'd still be you know, employed by you, but just not as a race caller. Um, and, and as I am now, I'm a contract worker for them, and I, I moved over here and sort of tried to get uh, you know, some calling work over here in the interim. But, you know, sort of uh, Ben and I are very close. Ben's just in the next room at the moment. How old fact. is he now? He's 16 now. 16. Um, Jeez, you're so, making me feel so. old, Craig. And um, <laughs> has he got that calling gift that you've got, you know, and that passion like yeah. your family have for harness racing as well? Ben has no interest in the racing whatsoever, uh, so uh, he, I don't he think he, he's even seen a race for the uh, last oh, really? year or two. Okay. Yeah, so so uh, he, he Ben's in, more into the, the uh, gym and a uh, bit of fitness. So uh, in six seven days a week, we we head off to the gym together and. Uh, um, you might think I'm fit by going to the gym six or seven days a week, but I'm not. <laughs> but Ben is, he's, he's super fit and he okay. loves it. So that, that, that's, that, that's all good. But, you know, sort of at the moment, he's just turned 16 in August. So um, he's, um, you know, getting his learner's driver's license and, you know, dad sits in the car with him and, you know, sort of you know, try, tries to give him a bit of advice. And it makes me feel like I'm a father. Uh, makes me feel like that, that I'm a part of his life, and and in the end, Steve, racing has been my life. I love racing. I love my career. Race calling has been my passion ever since well, I was born, virtually. But what's more important, your family or or, or your, your career? Uh, family's more important, and that's why I made the decision to come over here because Ben was more important. Your brother's so passionate about it as well, and he's a big integral part of Racing Queensland, the hardest Dean Day. Um, I keep calling him David. That's your dad, of course, Brett Rail at Racing Queensland. Yes, yeah, yeah. Brett uh, has done a great job uh, with uh, what he what he's uh, got to the level he's got to, and as you mentioned, he's, he's very passionate. Uh, funnily enough, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, He's exactly like me in the fact that you know, it might be 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Uh, I'm sitting here working and he'd be the same. He'd be on a computer somewhere <laughs> working. Did he ever home. think about calling himself? No, no, Brett was never never really um, into the, the, the calling way. Um, you know, sort of, uh, I've told you know, a story many times that we used to race golf balls down the pool. That's, that, that's how I started. Uh, how old were uh, you the then? Oh, well, yeah, I was in single figures. I was probably seven, eight, nine, somewhere, somewhere around there that, um, you know, we are calling golf balls down the pool. And we used to write out meetings like, you know, like a form guide, like like just the normal you know, form guide of, uh, of of the races. So it, it, so everything was like official. We, we put up the meetings. And, so know, what would you write in the form guide then? Oh, you just ride out the fields and where, where their last five starts were and things like that. And yeah, it's, uh, but in the end, uh, yeah, I called the golf ball races. Uh, you know, Brett was writing out the fields and that. I become a race caller. Brett become a handicapper. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was a great pastime. It was a fantastic pastime. We loved it. And your, da your dad, loved David, it. loved harness racing too, didn't he? And your mum had a passion for it. 
Yes, yes, and uh, when they moved down to Victoria, they they moved down when Ben was born to help us, uh, you know, with with Ben and help around the property. And my dad loved uh, going around the property with uh, uh, the, the the mower, and uh, you know, cut a few trees down. Or you know, you know ben, uh, Dad just loved that. You know, that. That was part of it. But wherever I went in Victoria, apart from Mildura when I flew, wherever I went to Victoria, um, you know, whether it be Terang or Hamilton or Dad. Was with me. He was in the car with me, which was fantastic. You know, we we got very close, and you know, sort of, you drive three hours to one meeting, three hours back on the same day. Yeah, it, it was terrific to have that plenty of company. And uh, honestly, Steve, you know, you know, the workload was a lot, but yeah, you know, it, it it always is the racing industry, as you know. Uh, you know, one night on the way home from Cranbourne, I'm behind the wheel and I fell asleep behind the wheel. My dad grabbed the wheel. Um, you know, sort of. Uh, luckily, Dad was there. Uh, so, you know, Gee. we've always been close to the family and, you know, sort of, um, yeah, I, I do miss those days. I certainly do. Yeah, that's a worry, uh, Craig. And that often I think of this as well with some of these broadcasters that travel miles or um, in the in the racing industry because in New Zealand we had that... Um, that situation many years ago with a broadcaster, of course, uh, who they, they probably still talk about with you, lost his life in a similar situation where he, he went into a micro sleep and hit a, was it a pole or a tree, and lost his life in transit many years ago. Yes, um, yeah, I was just trying to think of his name. He, um, um, Darren Tyquin. Yeah, that's him, Darren Tyquin. Yes, uh, took over from Real Murtha. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is a, a situation where you, you have to be very careful. And, and like, it's not just the the race callers. It's you know the oh, the, the participants, the, the, the jockeys, the jockeys yeah. and the tra- trainers and the drivers and the, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They spend many many hours uh, in you. you sort of uh, driving late at night. Uh, I know in Victoria, kangaroos were really bad. Uh, you had to be very careful. I hit three in the, the 14 years I was there, uh, kangaroos, and thankfully I was able to drive the, the, the car home afterwards. But uh, one, one night we didn't think we were going to make it back, but we did. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it, it is, you know, part of uh, part of the, the, the industry that you, you work a lot of hours. Yeah, but if I was your dad and that happened and I grabbed the wheel and then saved, you know, like I would have been able to sleep. Like, I mean, what happened? What did you put in place then subsequently when your dad wasn't there, for example, Craig, when you were travelling to, to make sure that didn't happen again? Uh, well, my dad always said to me, uh, if you're you know, getting really, really tired, pull to the side of the road, jump out of the car and run around the car three times, get a bit of adrenaline into you. So that was, that was my, my plan in place, that uh, if uh, ever I, I was getting really, really tired and, uh, you know, sort of the country roads at you know, you don't have traffic lights or anything like that. It's just dark uh, and a lot of times foggy. Uh, that, that's what I do. I just uh, pull the car over and uh, just have a little bit of a run around and, uh, you know, sort of wake yourself up a little bit and then jump in the car and keep going. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, a, it's a tough one, but, you know, it, it's good to have, have company mm-hmm. with you, especially on the long long trips. Well, Craig, I mentioned, uh, you know, you're now based at Invercargill, right down the bottom of the South Island. We've heard you not only call, well, you call that feature, your harness meeting last Friday night and called some wonderful horses there but we've heard you I think you called a meeting did you at Winton or somewhere on Boxing Day not too far away from from your hometown 
Yes, uh, uh, I've, I've done a, a few meetings lately. Um, yes, uh, in the Cargill Cup the other day where American Me beat uh, Self Assured right on the line. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a, a terrific uh, meeting. Uh, I must say, Steve, over the Christmas period when, um, you know, sort of people are uh, off from work, uh, the, the crowds are terrific. And, you know, all, all three codes, uh, the crowds are fantastic and plenty of atmosphere. I called Gore yesterday. Gore I think it was, was the one I was thinking of, maybe. Yes. Yeah, actually, it was Gore Boxing Day, yeah, and uh, I called Wing of Tui the harness a couple of days before Christmas as well. Um, yeah, so they're, they're not too far away. Um, on Saturday, I'm calling the Gallops at Kurao, which is about a four-hour trip, and I'm going up the night or the day before, going up tomorrow and staying overnight. Don't so forget well, to run around not... the car three times. No, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's good that um, yeah I'm I'm starting to uh, get a, a few meetings and I'm sort of contracted now to do um, the, the harness and the, and the gallops in the, in the Southland area, which is uh, which is fantastic and um, you know sort of looking forward to seeing what I can do. But as I mentioned before, yeah, when you you played that race with Sokiola. Um, I just don't feel like I'm calling as well as I was in Victoria. Um, it's 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 a matter of is that because you know, you're not doing it like every couple of days like you were when you're in Victoria? I, I think that could be one case where you know you sort of um, I, I was calling one meeting every three months there for a while. Uh, so you, you know you, you turn up to a meeting thinking, I hope I remember how to do this. <laughs> uh, but then you, you've got no pace, you've got no rhythm, um, you, you, your mind might not be as sharp because you haven't been using the mind in that sort of particular way. Um, so there's you know, different things, that, factors that come in. Um, yeah, I'm getting older. I wear glasses, and you know, sort of, you know, you sort of taking glasses on and the cl- off during the during the race call. Um, so I don't know, uh, but Muldura at my very last HRV meeting, uh, Muldura sort of uh, gave me a huge farewell. It was a it was an unbelievable farewell. Uh, it, it was a great night. It was Muldura Cup night, and um, you know that that was my last call. But you sort of figure. At that stage, like I'm retired from race calling, so whether you know, in the back of my mind, I've I've retired and I've I've, I've come back. That you know, you, you're, you're trying your best, you've still got the passion, but you know, sort of just in the back of your mind, it's it's just not there. I'm not too sure, but um, you, you I think you're being sport. very critical of yourself, Greg, because I watched <laughs> uh, those couple of those gallops races earlier in the week that you called, and also I watched uh, a lot of those harness races that you called a feature meeting, and you seemed to nail. You know, some of those big races, Oscar Bonavina's a sensational trotter and all those, you know, American Me, you mentioned, Self for sure, they, they sounded fantastic. So I think you're being very, probably very critical of yourself. Yeah, maybe. I've always been critical of myself when I've been calling races. Now, that, that's the, the one thing that, you know, I, I think I, I do well in life. But I also think that, you know, sort of when I was calling uh, what, I, what I think is my peak, I was a happy person. Uh, everything in my life was great. You know, I, I was really happy, and then you know things you know, went awry. Um, and of course, this year um, I, I got married to Tracy um, in April. Oh, congratulations! And, uh, she, well, she passed away oh. uh, with cancer six weeks later. She, oh, she passed away. So. It, 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 you, in your core, um, you, you have happy moments and you, 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 you're, you're okay as a person, but, you know, sort of, but it, it, your, your core, you, you're not 
as happy as you were. Um, and I may not be coming from a, 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 as happy a place as I was. Maybe that's what, what I feel. But, um, you know, sort of Tracy was a wonderful person and, you know, she was loved by a lot of people. Um, and, you know, sort of it's been, been a hard year. Um, so, yeah, that, that also might come into the fact that I'm, I don't think maybe I'm calling at my best and the fact that that, that is... My, my call value is just not as happy as what I was. But, yeah, I'm still giving it my best shot. I still love it. And I still, you know, go out and, and, and try my best. But, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know what live radio is about, live, you know, live racing. You can't take it back if you make a mistake. No. <laughs> it's just out there that's gone. Uh, yeah, funnily enough, uh, you know, one of the, my worst calls ever was uh, I didn't do it and uh, I can do it in the heat of the Inter-Dominion in Victoria where they went to the line locked together and I blew it completely. I, I don't know what I called, whether it was uh, I didn't do it, I called I, I didn't do it. And I, just, I got so tongue-tied right on the post. But again, you're only human, Craig, and you're trying to spit yeah, these names yeah. out and they were similar. Like it's... Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, sort of... Uh, everybody you talk to, you know, can bring that up. No, I'll tell them to go <laughs> to buggering. That, right? Yeah. <laughs> you think you work your heart out for 30 years. Yeah. They all remember the... the yeah, that's the like Dad if I'm up at his mate. place on a Saturday afternoon. I've said this before. Oh, you got that scratching wrong in race six at Dermot. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, what about all the other stuff I've done? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've run out of time, Craig, but thank you for catching up. It's lovely to hear your voice again. I talked about those multicoloured pens yesterday. You don't use them anymore uh, that you used to have all the time. But we'll go with one of your great calls here from the big feature meeting last week with Oscar Bonanova, the Star Square Gator. But thanks, Craig. Thanks very much, Steve. Majestic man, very brave. Then love of the poor. Here comes Oscar Bonavina around the outside with a big runner. Smoke and band are in front of But Oscar Bonavina loomed up the challenge, hit the lead. Love of the poor along the passing lane. Then majestic man, Oscar Bonavina broke away. What a season he's had. And Oscar Bonavina takes out the group three, David Moss.